what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer and an NBA futures analyst, Brandon Anderson. This is the big picture. Every week we go through the biggest storylines in the NBA, get you caught up on all the news, betting angles as it relates to all that news and everything that you need to know to bet the NBA week by week, including the biggest spots and trends across the league, as well as the best futures plays. Want to let you know that everything we talk about today is available in the award-winning Action Network app. It is phenomenal. It is the best way for you to track your picks. You're going to get up to the second information on where the tickets are coming in, where the money is coming in, how the lines have moved, where the sharp action in, what models say, all of it. Plus, you can track Brandon and Raheem's plays in the app as well. Make sure to check out all the great podcasts that we also have, including the Action Network podcast with the boys on Mondays and Fridays as the NFL playoffs roll on. We're recording this on Monday afternoon, MLK Day, number of games in the books. Celtics my six already cashed for me. Yes, sir. As well as like, I have Wizards money line, which I did not get into tracking the app. Yes, sir. So I'm off to a pretty good start feeling good about things. We're going to talk about a number of things, including somebody that's not feeling so good. Guys, and that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant suffers and a torn, a, sorry, a sprained MCL on Saturday night. He is out four to six weeks per Adrian Wojnarowski. The Nets did not give a return timeline. That four to six weeks is a reevaluation date. So it may be longer than that, depending on when he gets back. There's a number of impacts here uh, in, on the Action Network app. You can find my article on it. And I went through and tracked down exactly how many games KD's going to be able to play if he returns. If he doesn't miss any games when he comes back, spoiler alert, he will. Uh, if he misses only four weeks, he'll still have 63 games to play. If he misses five weeks, it's 60. If he misses six weeks, it's 58. If he misses seven weeks, it's 55. Most likely outcome, I think, is probably going to be in that five to six-week range. The all-star break definitely does help there. Brandon, real quick from you, do you think that Kevin Durant's MVP odds are dead? I don't think that they're dead, but I think that they are struggling. And part of it is... Well, well, for me, between the three of us, certainly, I was never super in on Duran as an MVP candidate in the first place. Part of it, just knowing that that he's going to miss some of these games, they're going to rest. You know, they have the eye on a bigger prize there. But because of that, because of what's at stake for this franchise, because of Duran's age and his injury history, which is a thing now. But to me, I'm thinking of this along like a six to eight week timeline. Like, I think that the four to six is a get a look and then, okay, it's going to be another couple of weeks sort of thing. And then kind of an easing back in and, oh, you know, no back to backs for a couple of weeks because this is a problem now. And because the one seed is likely gone and because the title is still the thing, but maybe they had enough talent to do the title and get it an MVP or something else. I think now you've got to prioritize goals and the goal has to be just get to the playoffs get Kyrie in the lineup, get everyone healthy and get there. And so I don't think it kills a dead, but I would not be looking to invest in it. Certainly right now. Raheem, uh, you are out on the Warriors as we will discuss here shortly uh, in multiple ways. So Steph Curry's off the board. KD's banged up. Who do you Look, think has the best value for MVP I mean, right now, given these injuries? This Kevin Durant thing is, is dead as fried chicken. When I look at the rest of the landscape, 
right now we're looking at Giannis. Obviously, Steph Curry still has a chance because his team is still in good position. I know he's had a slump, but their value probably lies around, like, I want to say John Morant, but his team performed so well without him that I think that might come back to bite him at some point. So I still think you got to put Steph Curry as a front runner. Jokic's team is just not good enough. Same mm, with- we'll talk about it at some point on this pod or another one. I will tell you the vibes I have noticed in Denver, there is a change. They, I think they have turned a corner on their darkest. I think the Clippers game was their darkest moment. Pay attention to how this week goes. They're in the middle of a six-game homestand. They won the first two, trounced the Lakers on Saturday night, lost the Jazz on a back-to-back in the game that probably they could have won if they, were, if they weren't on a back-to-back. And then they've got Clippers, Grizzlies, Pistons to finish out this homestand. Let's, I, I think now is a good opportunity to buy on Jokic. I don't think Jokic is done, uh, but I, I, I will say this. Brandon, you got to love this. If KD can't win it, and Steph's struggling and Draymond's out. It's long shot city time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was looking at earlier is, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I'm with you that it's weird that the number on Steph didn't really move that much here. Like, we, we had gotten to a point where Steph and KD were basically co-favorites. Depending on where you look, Durant was the favorite at some books, Steph at other books. Durant kind of gets taken out of the equation. Steph's number doesn't really move that much. Like it didn't shorten much at all. That's fishy to me. And, and it does feel, I know we're going to come back to the Draymond injury thing, but it feels like there are definite warning signs. Steph has not played as well as early in the year for, for about a month now, right? Since the three point chase really. And ever since then the Warriors are losing games. It definitely doesn't feel like this is just Steph's award. It's done. So Giannis is the default answer. But after Giannis, I, I don't love Jokic's chances. I don't love John Morant's chances at the award. Uh, I don't love DeMar DeRozan's chances. Let's just say that. So I was trying to dig for gold earlier and look, okay, so who, who is it then? Like, and, and I don't know who wins MVP from these guys, but digging for gold, I, I do think at the very least that there is some serious cash out value from some names because I think that the field has whittled enough that we're going to get that stretch now where even if it is Steph, even if Steph is the guy, we're going to do the thing in February and March where we take a new guy for two weeks and we're like, oh, it's Jaw. This is this is Jaw's time and his his rockets or his odds skyrocket. So a couple names and I know injuries, what I like. I know I know the, the caveats for all these. Chris Paul, you can get at 100 to one. The Suns are, are starting to run away as the top record in the NBA. Just saying 100 to one. Jimmy Butler. You can get at 150 to one. The Heat are a possible one or two seed at this point with the Bulls and the Nets maybe falling off. Butler's missed a lot of games, but we saw how good the Heat could be early in the season. Butler's advanced metrics absolutely make an MVP candidate. He's having an awesome year. Missed 16 games already. I I understand. The obvious caveat is why he's 150 to one, but 150 is, is way too long. For the Heat are tied right now at this moment the Heat have the same number of wins as every other team at the top of the East, even without all those guys. So there is a totally a path to the East one seat at this point. And Butler's numbers have been that good to be an MVP. LeBron is 40 to one. LeBron always gets to break all the rules. So if LeBron just keeps scoring 34 a game or whatever he's been during the stretch, 
and the Lakers get up to a three, four, five seed range, we'll throw out the rules and LeBron might have a, a shot at it. Uh, Luka Doncic is 60 to one. Luka was the favorite coming into the season. I know we're going to talk about the Mavs and how hot they've been. I, I don't know who the name is here, but I, I feel like among these names, a couple of these guys are going to have a moment. They're going to have that two week stretch where they at least if the season ended at that moment are on your ballot. And if they get to that on the ballot spot, there's value somewhere here. I just don't know where it's at yet. Look, I, I just think when it comes to Jimmy Butler, he's missed so much time. Yeah. He had performed so, so well without him. I just don't think he is going to snatch any narrative. I think Chris Paul, we all know his impact, but he just doesn't have the flashy numbers in those moments to, to yeah. get you there you kind of got to go to the top guys, the, the guys with the records. Like to me, I think John Morant is probably the best value on the board right now. Here, here's the problem. Do you think the Grizzlies are going to continue at the pace that they have been on given their success versus teams over 500, which you've heard me talk about like a million times, like Memphis has to be a regression candidate. Yeah. We're buying this, this road trip coming up. Like they like, have a tough road trip this week. We're buying him high. If you want to get him, you know, yeah. in that first month, okay. You know, I think he probably picks up a, a couple of third place votes. I don't think I don't think he gets there. Um, we got to move on, but I do want to yeah. say this: Look, the Philadelphia 76ers are three games back of the Nets in the loss column. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the bad teams. It doesn't matter what they do versus the good teams; they're not going to play enough of them. MB gets up for those bad team games. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is true. He loves beating up scrubs. That man loves beating up scrubs. And then every time that he's in a national TV, oh, no, got to rest tonight. I'm not feeling it. No, no, no. Just, oh, it's too, too much. So he's going to beat up and have his numbers be great. If the Sixers wind up winning that division and Jokic does not get his team up, I think Joel right now is at pretty good value. Yeah, I I was going to say that, but... You guys are going to kill me on it because I literally have on our docket to talk about the Sixers to miss the playoffs at 16 to one, but Joel Embiid to win MVP is also 16 to one. So let me ask it that way. What's more likely right now, Joel Embiid winning the MVP, presumably as a one or two seed winning the division or the, you know, the Sixers are only two wins back right now. They're also only two wins ahead of the play-in race. They're only four wins, I think ahead of, being out of the play-in race, it, it's very congested now. So I, I wouldn't mind entirely grabbing both of those positions. And if Embiid stays healthy, you got a real shot at MVP. We know he's a candidate. He's absolutely good enough if he's healthy. And if he's healthy, they're going to get the wins. If he's not healthy, maybe they crater and miss the playoffs. What do you think about playing both ends? I think you got to look at, I think you just got to look at who they've been since they got back to normal like after the covid stuff like they were like they had a janky start to the season it was weird got in and out covid random stuff and like they have just kind of stabilized and if you look at over like the this past stretch when they're actually in in position it's been fine so for me i can't go with you i'm missing the playoffs i don't I, I, look, I don't mind it because you're basically just you, all you're betting here is like, is Joel and B going to suffer a major injury? Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. And sure, it's I think it's a risk. He's playing, he played, you know, he had tore meniscus last year, but 
I, I guess I don't, I, for whatever reason, I don't feel comfortable betting on it to happen because it's like, uh, yes, this is going to occur, but it has to occur at the time frame that you think it's going to, like, it's got to happen soon enough that he does it. Like if it, what if he hurt, he hurts it. What if he gets hurt? Like in late March, he probably like, he could, might still win. Right. Like, yeah. so it gets complicated. Um, Want to wrap up here on, on tip off. Let's go and talk about the other major injury, which is Draymond Green. So the Warriors did an evaluation. Green had uh, calf tightness, kept him out of uh, Clay's return game, and uh, with a, a wild story for betters, which you can find on Action Network. Um, kept him out the last couple of games. Warriors did an evaluation of him, did some imaging. Turns out that tightness is related to his back. He's got a disc issue. And so now uh, there's this idea that he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Very important. Again, reevaluated is not return. Now, Draymond could miss two weeks and then be like, hey, you know what? Cleared up. Situation alleviated. So I will say this. The Warriors health and training staff is very careful, hyper cautious, and they use a lot of data to track all the information about everything to keep guys healthy. So in two weeks, he could be back. It could be two weeks, and then they're like, it's going to be another six. Raheem, even chomping at the bit to fade this team anyway, this is like your go-to thing is the Warriors <laughs> are actually not either not that good or not good at all. How does this injury news now move you related to regular season, playoffs, et cetera? What, what's the cap with Draymond's injury? In the regular season, you can't play this team against guys with bigs that are dominant. So, like, Thursday, we liked Giannis Antetokounmpo. We come back the next day, we take the Warriors because we don't think Vujicic could really hurt them that much. So it's just like, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be fine in the short term, but they're not going to be the dominant team that's going to win nightly the way they have been doing for most of this season. And I think for the playoffs, if you don't have Draymond Green, this team is a second-round exit. Like, period. I'm really concerned about this team. I mean, Draymond is, we talked about it last week, he's probably the most important player on this team. So they're in a rough spot. Hopefully he's okay. So they're absolutely not tiled that for you. I would agree that, like, short-term, but the market's going to adjust on this. I think this is going to be, I, I do want to see how the market adjusts. Yeah. Like, they're not going to lose, I don't think, every single game without Draymond out, do you? Yeah, not, not at all. And so, I mean, obviously they won on Friday with, against the Bulls. So we'll see what the market does in terms of correcting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my inclination is that with their, you know, our cap on it was that the market's probably going to underrate him. But yeah. given the results, I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of an overcorrection as well. I think we're going to have to keep a real close eye on the number. Pick the spots, mm-hmm. right? I think there are definitely mm-hmm. spots where we're going to have to go and be like, they don't have Draymond, they can't win this game. Yeah. But in general, I don't think that they're out. I'm also, I'll just say this with injuries. I'm not willing to sit here and say like, well, Draymond's going to miss six months and that's it. Like the Warriors are done. Like Draymond could be back in two weeks. Like we don't know. We just don't know. We can't, don't get too excited on betting futures. I don't think. Now I will say, look, if you want to, I bet the Suns on Friday, which had nothing to do with, with Draymond because that news wasn't out yet. I'm just betting the Suns right now because they're still undervalued in the market. Like the Suns are still long. They're, they're, there's sixes and eights out there for them to win the title. That's nuts. That's crazy. Phoenix is, is certified. So I, I can't get there. Um, I, I'm betting the Suns right now because the market still doesn't reflect how good they are. 
Unfortunately, I missed my opportunity to hedge all of my Warriors division bets. That hurts badly, but that's where it's at. One more injury and tip off, and that's Zach Levine's going to miss some time uh, for my Chicago Bulls, not Brandon's. Brandon doesn't get to have the Bulls um, as much as he's crapped on them. He doesn't have the Bulls or the Wolves, neither one. Um, They're going to miss. So Levine's going to miss time. They get shellacked by Golden State. I want to use this as a branching point when we go to big picture, right? First topic on big picture is the Bulls defense has been sliding. Raheem, you pointed this out. You were playing that Warriors game. The defense has been sliding. I want to get Brandon's thoughts on, on the big picture for Chicago. But I do want to point out here, um, they're getting, they're, right now as we're recording this, they're losing by double digits to Memphis, which I was, I'm not surprised at. I, I took Memphis's best bet. I had the guide on it. Um, bad spot, bounce back spot for the, for the Grizzlies. Like you and I were in lockstep on that. But Alex Caruso is, get, is now out of protocols and is returning. He's missed this game because he's conditioning. Lonzo Ball missed this game with knee soreness, but he's not out long-term. They're going to get Lonzo and Caruso back. I think a lot of the defensive slide has been related to the injuries to those two players. And I think that they can probably get, they're going to stabilize, I think, a little bit. Um, are you just in the place where you're just like, nope, that early season was a blip defensively. I'm going to be fading the Bulls because their offense can't keep up. Like, how, how does this injury with Levine and where are you at with the Bulls in terms of they've been sliding a little bit? I still think they're the Raptors. Like, and I, I mean, it's funny because DeMar, DeMar Rose is on this team. So I still think they're going to be a good regular season team. And they're still going to be able to beat some of the, the bad to solid to mediocre teams. But when you see when they're playing the Bucks or they're playing the Nets or they're playing the Warriors or they're playing even the Sixers, the Sixers have beat them twice. When you're playing a team with that superstar talent that just they're just better than any one of your guys, they're not the team to take. So I think they're a good regular season team. I don't think you can completely fade them. Similar to what we said about the Warriors earlier, you just got to pick your spots. All right, Brandon, what do you think about my Chicago Bulls and their futures, especially, um, you know, the division odds, oddly, the, the, the books basically kept, no matter what happened, the books were like, nope, nope, Bucks are not going to be big dogs. We're not giving you two to one on division. I'm not giving <laughs> you 150 on the division for the Bucks. Don't care. Don't care about what Chicago does. I'm not giving you the division odds on the Bucks. Um, can the Bulls win the division with how this season has, has progressed, even if, if Levine get, cause I will say Levine's come back from injury. Like that guy works hard to get back from injury. He's one of those guys I do trust to put the work in to get back with getting Caruso back, getting ball back DeRozan playing the way he has. Can the Bulls hold on and win this division is my first question for you. So I do think it really does matter getting Lonzo and Caruso back. I, the, just, you know, Matt, I'm thinking of the very first week of the season on the Friday happy hour. We we bounced through and, and talked about every single team we in our in our 30 minutes. That was like 60 minutes. And the thing that I saw, the very first Bulls game that we talked about is just what a difference it looked like on that team with two ball pressure guards and, and just like getting up in guys' grills and how much and that was something I did not see coming. Like I I, I underrated the Bulls obviously coming into the year in, in big part, because I just didn't think that they had this level of defense to get to. And I think Caruso and Lonzo are the two are two of the biggest reasons why the defense got there. Just because what I underestimated was that ball pressure by the guards. We know that the big guys 
is what drives the defense. That's what gives you defensive value. But those the ball pressure can start everything and make all the other guys' jobs a little easier. It's a little easier for Zach and a little easier for DeMar to defend when they're not getting these just easy passes to their guys all the time. So I do think, I don't think it's going to be a magic elixir and suddenly the Bulls are just this amazing defense again. I don't know that they ever were this amazing defense, but I think that getting Ball and Crusoe back can make them a palatable defense. The answer to can they win the division, I don't know what to expect from the Bucs. I don't know that the Bucs really care a lot about the regular season. So that's a complicating factor with it. Do, do we know? Do we have any timeline for Levine yet, other than just being reevaluated this week? Uh, I thought it was four to six weeks. Yeah, I that, that's. That I, I would at this point, I would be surprised to see him before the All Star break. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. think we're going to see him at the All Star game. And to me, for me, looking like at the Nets injury, you know, we got basically the top two teams from the East all season, but the Nets and the Bulls. This is a bigger deal to me than the Durant injury because the Bulls don't have Harden and Kyrie to fall back on. You know, like I, I think DeMar's MVP candidacy gets hurt here, whatever it was. It, it's now it's going to say, okay, if you're the MVP, then just keep the Bulls winning. And I don't think it's going to happen without Levine because they're one, a one B and Donovan coach of the year. I, all that stuff. I think the Bulls, you know, we saw early in the season, the heat were one of those top teams. And then the injuries came and the heat kind of slid back to four or five seed range this might be that span for the Bulls, I think. I need to make a major correction here uh, because I got my stuff mixed up because uh, Levine happened and KD happened at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Levine has no structural damage. They revealed no structural damage on the MRI. He's real evaluated next week. So like, okay. could be back like next week. Okay. I like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Levine's back now, you know, he may have soreness or whatever else. And it may just like, not because knees are tricky, but I will say, like, this is the biggest reason I can't get behind any sort of, like, look, you guys know me. If there's an MVP series candidate to be had, I will bet them because I have so many long shots. I can afford to hedge as much as possible, and I just don't want to be left out. Yeah. I can't, I have not bet a single dime on DeMar DeRozan. Not a yeah, single dime either. if I bet on, DeMar, on DeRozan. And the reason is, like, look, if you, when you get to the end of this, like, the, the, the voters are going to look at it and go, like, oh, DeRozan's been like, what a story, like just a veteran. And like, look at the Chicago team. But then they're going to look at the numbers and be like, ah, oh, crap. Zach Levine's like better than at, that, like everything, except like shot, like points based off of shots per game. That's the yeah. only differential. Like Levine's more efficient. His advanced metrics are better. Like Levine's better. Just is. He's a, he's a better player. And that I, Lowry and DeRozan all over again. Yeah. And I think, I think DeRozan's, <laughs> and that I think, Hurts DeRozan. He'll if they finish with the one, he'll get votes, but I don't think it'll be enough to, to take out even the guys that have like a third seed. Those guys, I really will tell you guys, I, I think the whole like you got to get a one or two seed thing is dead. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, because the Jazz and the Suns are two teams where you just can't look at those teams and go, they are driven by one singular candidate. You just can't. Yeah. Well, and I I think. I would say that it maybe is dead for now. Maybe I think it's dead during pandemic because like, I feel like the the pandemic and all the the injuries and all the missing games and protocols, we we just know that all the standings, all the numbers, all the, how many games do you have to play to win MVP? All of it. It it all doesn't matter right now. Raheem, that's why Durant is not dead, dead for MVP. Cause we might, he might still get to 58, 60 games, which in any other year, 
by the way, both you and I look at MVP, you're out. But in this yeah. year, I just think that there are so many easy exceptions to be had this year because we all know why the exceptions have to happen. I just you know, one, one, thing I, one thing I will say, though, I think the voters are getting smarter. And I yeah. think we have more information. We have guys tracking BPM and all these advanced metrics that we didn't have in the past. So we understand that being the one seed doesn't mean that being a one seat and having the most points per game doesn't necessarily mean that you're the most valuable player. Real, and I real think, quietly, the NBA has adjusted that voting list. Yeah, to, that's uh, what I was going to say. Not that the voters are getting smarter, but that we're maybe choosing smarter voters. Yeah, a little bit of that, too. Yeah, like okay. they're they've quietly tamped down on some of the louder voices that have more like, nope, don't care. Nope. Nope, I don't care what your numbers say. They're just numbers on a page. I know what my eye sees. Real hoopers know. <laughs> um, so let's go on to another team. I need to get, I've got to get Raheem's thoughts on this. Raheem has one of the sharpest caps we've seen this season on Thursday workshop. He was ahead of it for a Friday pick. He took Mavericks over Grizzlies in that game. Mavericks go out. It's a close game for three quarters. And then the Mavericks wind up blowing out the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis was on a back-to-back. It was a sharp cap. I was on the other side because I do not believe in this Dallas team. I will not believe in this Dallas team. I cannot believe in this Dallas team. Dallas right now, adjusted ratings. They are fifth in adjusted defensive rating at dunksandthrees.com factoring schedule. And they are 19th in offense, which that's exactly what you would expect from this Mavericks team is for them to be great defensively (laughs) and terrible offensively. They are eighth overall in adjusted net rating, despite the 19th ranked offense. Raheem, do you think this team is good? Are you going to continue to play them in favorable spots? Do you trust this Mavericks team? Don't trust this Mavericks team. They only have two playmakers on the entire team and Luka Doncic and Brunson. That's all they have. And they can't shoot. A game before they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, they were shooting like 20% from three. This team is shooting 33% from three to 25th among all NBA teams. And despite the fact that they're 25th in three-point shooting, they're seventh in three-point shooting frequency. They're shooting 39.5% during that win streak in which they won seven of eight. They just happen to be shooting a season high 38%. And you saw it come down to earth against the Knicks. So it's just like the lack of playmaking is going to hurt this team and the lack of shooting. So I, I think they found something defensively. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jason Kidd, but I don't trust this team at all. They're, they're playing tougher defensively. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, they play the, the Grizzlies again this week. in what's yeah. a very big game for both teams. Memphis. I've got it right now. I, I'll tell you, I still have Memphis. I have Memphis as almost a seven point favorite in that game based off of of the season's numbers, it's going to be like two and a half. Um, I'm going to be on Memphis again. I think they're better. I just do. The problem with that game is you got to look at their sky. I mean, they got the Bulls today. Then they're on a roll for the Bucks. Then they're on a roll for the the Nuggets. Then you got the Mavericks. And then you got the the Spurs. So it's just like you kind of got to pick your spots during that road trip because I think it's, it's a real tough road trip for them. Yeah. I don't know. I like them in, in spots of adversity. I think I think one of the things that, that, that drove me crazy is how right you were about they got a big win. I forget who was, aver- who was against the last Warriors. Week. Warriors on the, Tuesday. They beat the Warriors. Then 
they they have to basically scrap out an emotional win versus the Wolves. And then the next night they have a home back to back versus the Mavericks. Like I hated how sharp your cap was on that. I hated it. <laughs> Very mad. Um, Brandon, one last thing on the big picture that I want to get to uh, with you is I have some trade Intel to kind of share uh, around the league. The trade deadline is 24 days away as we re- as we record this. I'm publishing a column tomorrow on action network. When you're hearing it, it'll be today. Uh, so you can look for that. It's got some, it's five trade maxims for the trade season. It's basically like things to remember. And it's stuff like the biggest thing here is that people expect teams that are desperate to do the trades and the teams to be there good to stand pat. That is often not how it works. Like the Phoenix suns are still making calls. They have the best record in the league and they are still looking for upgrades because like that's how GMs think is I have an opportunity to win a title. I need to do everything to maximize this window versus the reason the Atlanta Hawks haven't just like shipped everyone out right now is no one wants to wants to trade from a position of weakness. So they're trying to like evaluate what the market is and see where things are going. However, I think the Pacers, the Blazers and the Hawks are three teams that make a deal at the deadline. My question for you, Brandon, is if the Pacers make significant trades of they can't trade Brogdon, he's his he's ineligible to trade for a year after the extension. But Sabonis and Turner are both being shocked and Levert, most notably. Do any of those names shake you as potentially shifting anything in terms of our playoff futures, playoff ability to win a series, those type of things? Because there is one potential move that I do think would shape things. It's clear that Miles Turner is not long in Indiana. That's been clear for like a couple of years now. I wouldn't have thought that he would have made it this far with them. And it's not that Miles Turner is the best or most talented player of that group, but he might be the most scalable to a great team. Like what, what is a great team with Sabonis being Sabonis? I, I don't know what that team is. What's a great team with Levert taking his high usage, inefficient shots. I don't know. I, I kind of like Levert coming off the bench. I know what a great team looks like with Miles Turner because it's it's that unicorn type three-point shooter, defend the rim, elite, elite rim defense. I've been dying for like a year for the Pelicans to trade for Miles Turner. That does nothing to the title picture, but assuming that Zion Williamson at some point plays again, Zion and Turner is is like to me, that's the perfect guy you want to pair with Zion. If it's not that though. Getting that rim protecting center, like who can get Miles Turner? And there are teams who really need him. Depending on what, what happened with Brooke Lopez, do the Bucks need to go get a, a rim protector like that? Is that their, you know, even if Brooke Lopez is okay this year, is that the long term answer that you go get Miles Turner and he, he's the right age and fits the core going forward a little bit better? Possibly. I think the Warriors would be a really interesting one too, depending on how worried are we about Draymond? Do we actually need somebody to come protect the rim and cut the mileage on Draymond? And again, is this another bit of a a long-term answer? Are we going to cut the cord on the Wiseman thing and go get somebody that's actually ready for our guys right now? And, And do we need a traditional big man to match up with whatever the guy's coming in the playoffs? So Turner is the guy that I would be most interested to see where he would end up. The issue there, uh, Scott Agnes, uh, who covers the Pacers, reported that he's getting a second opinion on his foot. 
there are bad rumblings around the league about his injury status. I want to make clear that I do not, I have not reported on such things and will not, because to me, a lot of this noise seems very much like trying to bring down potential trade value. Yeah. So there's definitely smoke there with him getting a second opinion, but that's something to keep in mind that um, Turner might not. I love the Levert to Cavs idea. I love it. I just think it fills such a need for them after losing Sexton and Rubio, just a guy that can get them like, so that the offense doesn't stall out in the perimeter. Like, they have so many things going for them. Garland's playing at such a high level. I, if they can get Levert without giving up significant assets, I love that move for the Cavs. Have you heard anything about Boston? Because I'm I'm really curious about because they have to do something. I, I, obviously, nope. it feels like they need a point guard. Do, they do not agree, sir. They do <laughs> not agree that they have to do something. Uh, their entire target is basically looking for. They want to add, and they don't. They don't want to disrupt things. Like their whole thing, and this has been consistent. They want a third star to go with the Jays. If you want Marcus smart, you have to offer a star player for him, which everyone in the league is like, are you like, you've seen Marcus smart. Like we know you like it, but like you've seen Marcus smart, right? Um, so I honestly think that if there's a move to be made, it's going to be one of those where they use a trade player exception and they try and they take a swing like Fournier last year. I have real questions about whether Stevens is willing to make the big move. That's my thing. I, with a, with a team that he coached, these are guys that he has brought up, that he has developed, that he has won with. I I have questions about whether Stevens is going to be willing to do because Danny Ainge was cold blooded the year Isaiah Thomas was in the MVP conversation. Danny Danny Ainge walked into I, I had a third party tell me this. Um, walked into the locker room. It was just like talking to the guys. It was like I just need you to know that I will trade any of you any of you, if it gets us banner 18, like that's, wow. that's Ainge. And I don't know if Brad's built like that. And there's, Damn. there's ups and downs of that, but that's, I don't know if Brad's built like that. Let's do, let's do back to the future. In this segment, we are going to take a look at a future that we think is based off of where we're at now and the knowledge that we have now, where do we think the best value is? So Brandon, let's start with you. What is your best future for the week i am going to the cleveland cavaliers and i'm hoping that they maybe do trade for karis levert i wouldn't mind that on the Cavs. the Cavs right now at bat rivers are plus 2500 to win the division we talked before about will the bulls still win the division can they still win it will the bucks do it so right now the cavaliers are only one win back in the win column they're two and a half back because the Bulls have missed a few games there from the Bulls, but they're right there. The Cavaliers are number four in net rating. They're number three in defensive rating. They're still top half of the NBA in offensive rating. And they already have missed six to eight games from Mobley and Allen and Garland. They're big three. So we've already seen them like they're they're by SRS, by the ratings we look at, they are by many advanced metrics the best team in the East right now. None of us think that, but the <laughs> metrics think that the Cavs are the best team in the East right now. I, I, I'm sure we all follow different people on social media that are only the numbers and that have had the Cavs as like the East favorite for weeks and weeks now already. 25 to one to win the division with the Bulls and the injuries that we're looking at now and just not really knowing what the Bucks really care to do here. Does Giannis miss a few weeks or do they just kind of rest in, into it? 
the Cavs are going to go. The Cavs are going to go all out for this. So I just think their defense gives them a high ceiling. They're at 26 wins, but at the metrics of a 29-win team, again, with futures, 25 to 1 is not saying, I think the Cavs are going to win the division. Sure. I just think the Cavs are going to win the division like 10 to 1 or 8 to 1. And that 25 to 1 is immense value on what the number ought to be. They're as close as they are already. Uh, I'm making a, an executive decision on this podcast. We are not allowed to use the, the phrase, I don't hate it. We are, I'm banning the <laughs> phrase, I don't hate okay. it. Okay. Okay. And, and, and it's not just Raheem because he's gotten me doing it too. I've listened to Raheem enough that I've started saying I don't hate it either. Uh, and that doesn't fit my, my brand. My brand is, is actively hating a lot of things. Um, I like this bet. Four back in the loss column from the Bulls. By the way, I will say this, uh, Brandon, the next time that you use wins as a determining factor in the race, uh, I am going to boot you from the Zoom. Never, ever use wins back. It is all about losses. You cannot, you can gain wins. You can catch up in wins. You can't catch up in losses. That's why we use losses. Four back in the loss column from the Bulls. Tied with the Bucks. No word on Brooke Lopez. Drew keeps missing time. They have to be patient with it. The Cavs have real reason. Like they are currently, as we record this, I am sweating. Cavs minus three. They actually just won. It's 112-107. Let's go. All right. (laughs) And located. Let's go. Um, So I like this bet. They win big games. They find ways to win. They should have lost that Thunder game, found a way to win it. I actively like this bet. Raheem, what do you think? I like this bet as well. I think you're getting a ton of value at the price that you have it. Obviously, you mentioned the Bulls. We don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers. Not the Buccaneers. The Bucs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, look, they're in championship mode. They're, they're just looking to get to the playoffs healthy. So I really like it. All right, Raheem, what's your future for the week? Actually, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. My future for the week, Pelicans at DraftKings under 11 and a half seating plus 115. Uh, if this was the Action Network podcast, this would be the stink of the week. That is what this would be because this <laughs> is wretched. Look, the Pelicans, when they have their full assortment of guys outside of Zion, when they have Devontae Graham and they have Brandon Ingram and they have Jonas Valanciunas and they have Josh Hart, they're something like eight and five. They're actually winning games. Eight and six now, I think, after today. Like, they're winning games. And they don't have to win a lot. They just got to win more than any team that tries to bottom out behind them. So if we're looking at 11 and a half, I got to get the 15th, 14th, 13th, and 12th teams behind them. I got to be, they got to be better than four teams. Rockets and Thunder, they're going to be, they're going to be better than. We know they're going to be better than the Rockets and Thunder. I got to be better than two of Spurs. Kings Blazers. There's three back in the loss column from Portland. I think there's a very good chance that Portland pulls the plug and just starts tanking their face off. Even with Anthony Simons playing as well as he is, if they keep winning and they, if they trade CJ when he gets back and Dame shuts it down, Portland will shut down Simons too, because they can't keep winning these games. They will want the pick. So that's three. And then I got, I got to get one of Kings and Spurs, I think there is a good chance that one of those, or or I believe actively that either the Clippers, um, not the Lakers, I can't get there, but I can get to the idea of the Clippers falling off, just completely falling off because their offense is so bad with PG out. Were the PG maybe out for a long time? That impacts things. I actually think the Pelicans, and especially I, I was not going to bet it until I got a plus number, but I got a plus number at plus 115. 
that's good enough for me. I'm taking I'm taking the Pelicans to not be a bottom four team in the Western Conference. So I like this one and I, I could tell that I liked it because I misread when you put it into the sheet and I thought you were taking the over at first that they were going to be a bottom four team. In my mind immediately, I was like, wait, though, we know they're going to beat out, you know, the, the Rockets and the Thunder. And immediately it's just like there's so many mediocre teams that just aren't that far from totally botting out. Yeah. Like you didn't even mention like the, the, the Timberwolves as good as it looks right now. If Towns gets the injury, like usual, my Timberwolves are fine, sir. I'm just saying like the, the Clippers that you mentioned, like there, there are other teams that can fall out here. If it just was, we've got to beat the Spurs or the Kings and can the Pelicans do it? That alone, I don't feel great about, but I, I trust that the Pelicans are going to try. The Pelicans have no reason not to try to get into the play-in game. That has to be the goal at this point. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to push Zion to do something dangerous to his body. But we, we already have the worst scenario for the Pelicans. That's it. This season is the worst scenario so far. And they've already stayed in the mix enough. And I just feel like in this season, in this pandemic, we're going to get a couple more worst-case scenarios that haven't happened yet to some of these teams and give you other outs that you're not even seeing yet. So I, I like it for that reason. Raheem, what's your future for the week? Okay, look, I'm buying the Grizzlies at their the highest point, but I'm not sure it's their highest point. I'm taking the Grizzlies plus 1,500 to win the Western Conference. Woo! A lot of it has to do with the fact that, look, Draymond Green, he's hurt. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Two weeks from now, we could hear that he's out for a month. That changes things. We've heard about the issues with the Utah Jazz all year. I think you've mentioned some of them. To me, they are not the same team that we, we've seen previously. And I do think that they're, I mean, you're relying on an older Mike Conley. You're, the, to me, it's just this Grizzlies team challenged them last year. I believe you said earlier on this, this, this year on our podcast that the Grizzlies were the 2011 Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that's an accurate statement. And to me, at this number, I think it's only going to get worse. They're six in SRS. To me, I think they can challenge and possibly make it to the Western Conference Finals. Wait, let, let, let me ask you a question. We are no longer allowed on this podcast to say, I don't hate it. That's correct. <laughs> Am I allowed to say, I hate it? Yes. I knew you guys were going to hate it. I, I, hate, it. Gonna... I hate this pick. I, don't I knew like you guys were going to hate it. You're buying at the peak value right now. You're, you're, you're like, buy two weeks ago or buy two weeks from now. This has to be the highest price it is. I'm just thinking well, through in my head, like multiplying the fractions of what are they like? They're, they're going to be, they're going to be still maybe even a coin flip in the first round, depending on what happens with their seating, with their matchup. And they're going to be an underdog two more times after that. If they were a plus 1500 to make it to the Western conference finals, I can get there. I can get them knocking off one big upset seed. I can't get there doing it twice. And I don't buy the OKC thing at all. I think that is ludicrous. There's one star on this team. There's no Russell Westbrook and James Harden sitting around on this roster. Desmond Bain is not the next James Harden. Jaron Jackson is not the next How Kevin. How dare Durant. you, sir? How <laughs> dare you, sir? Look, I said last week, I felt like they were one of the best backcourts in the league. And I honestly, I'll I'm, say this. Like, I, I think, I think, I think Bain, not, not Rockets Harden. Okay. I think Desmond Bain can be OKC Harden. 
I think he's that good. I do. I think that's insane. Okay. Well, you would have said that James Harden couldn't be as good as Manu Ginobili back when in like 2011. That's the whole point, right? Um, the counter. Yeah, hold on. Even if, I'm, I am counting on the Grizz regressing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is bad because I have Grizzlies division futures too, and the Mavericks keep winning. Damn it. Um, there are seasons where the Knicks are this example, and the Grizzlies are not the Knicks. They're better than the Knicks last year, but we kept waiting on the Knicks defense to regress. And it never came. And like, that's my question is what if this is a season where just like everything goes right for Memphis in the regular season and they get there. Now I can't, I can't buy the 1500. And the reason I can't buy the 1500 now look implied odds. It's 6.27. Brandon, is there a better than 6.27% chance that the Grizzlies win the Western conference with Draymond green hurt? I don't think so. Like that's I'm I'm doing the math in my head. I can't get that high. Okay. That's fine. My thing is just they're going to have to go through one of the Suns and the Jazz, and both those teams execute so high. I think they could beat the Warriors. They match up well with them. It's weird, mm. but even full strength, they match up well with the Warriors. We saw in the play in last year. We see in the regular season this year. Like Memphis causes because they play chaotic. But when you put Memphis in an environment where it's like you can't play chaotic, you're going to have to beat us possession by possession with execution, and we're going to execute at an extremely high level on both ends. I don't think they can beat Memphis or the Suns or Utah. You got you, you got to remember, Chris Paul is like thirty-seven. Okay, fair. That's that, a fair point. That, that, he's going to have to, de- he's he's have to yeah. deal with John Morant for seven games. That's true. I, I just I think there's going to be at least one to, to get to, you know to win three series. I think at least one of those series, barring you know credit to the Suns from last year, they got to the finals. Barring the sun's luck where the injured guys kept lining up from one round to the next. And that could happen. This is a weird year. But if you actually play a full strength team at some point, I think the Grizzlies are going to be like 25 or 30% chance to win a round somewhere along the way. And when that's the case for one round and you still have to win two other rounds, neither of which you're going to be a heavy favorite for like, you know, at best. Yeah. Let's just wait and roll it over. Let's just wait and roll it over. Tank. Yeah. You know what? I got a hot take right now. Either Dallas or Memphis is going to the Western Conference Finals. Woo! All right. Well, I'll see if we can get somebody to put that prop up because I would like <laughs> that, to see that. That, that take <laughs> is called Raheem hates the Warriors. Give me the four or five seed to play the Warriors right now. All right. Let's get wrap it up for buckets <laughs> for a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us on the big picture. We'll be back tomorrow, seven o'clock Eastern, Tuesday night with the Wednesday workshop. Then again on Wednesday night, seven o'clock Eastern for the Thursday workshop. You can check that live on YouTube on the Action Network YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to give us the five-star reviews on Apple and rate us on Spotify. We need those reviews. Help us out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.